0: Welcome back into The Scoop on Life. Um, We are joined today by Dr. Greg Smalley. Dr. Smalley serves as the Vice President of Marriage at Focus on the Family. And um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've had several great interviews with other individuals from Focus on the Family. So excited to be joined by Dr. Smalley today. Um, In his role at Focus on the Family, he develops and oversees initiatives that prepare individuals for marriage, um, strengthens and nurtures existing marriages, and helps couples in marital crises. Um, Prior to joining Focus, Dr. Smalley worked for the Center for Relationship Enrichment at John Brown University and as president of the National Institute of Marriage. Um, He is also the author of 20 books, including Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage and Fight Your Way to a Better Marriage. So, Dr. Smalley, thank you for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. So one thing that... um, we have talked about a lot. I know chase and I as a couple, and then just, um, I know other peers, my age is the purity culture movement. And I know that you have talked a lot and written a lot about this. And, um, I'm just going to read this little excerpt from uh, an email I received regarding this interview with Dr. Smalley, Dr. Smalley that just says purity culture um, swept the nation in the 90s attempting to promote the biblical view of purity, which was abstinence until marriage. And we did that through purity rings, pledges dances and more Um, and from a christian standpoint it was great in theory but it do more harm than good and dr smalley's got a really great article on christian Post that we can also put in the show notes you can read but dr smalley i guess i just want to hand it over to you and say um, can you talk to us about that Uh, maybe i think what we would call the flaws of the purity purity culture movement you know was that did it come from a place of just wanting uh, parents not wanting their kids to have sex or was it they didn't know how to talk to their kids about sex so we would appreciate your wisdom and excited to hear from you
1: yeah thank you um you know for for me i always want to start with just saying you know i i'm i'm fully firmly unapologetically in agreement with god's desire for sex and that to be reserved for marriage so i'm not arguing that point that that is 100 right on i believe in god in his scripture that's his desire for us right. In in and in yet in, in the late 80s, you know, for, for me taking that purity pledge, I think it was through our, our youth group. I mean, you know, all of us were jazz and we're gonna do this and and let's wait till marriage, and again, that that's 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 an awesome that's an awesome aspiration. And so that's not the issue. I think looking back, number one, I failed. And so I did not go into my marriage with with as a virgin and so i remember how utterly and absolutely failed i i I felt in in how i now i thought i was ruined and i ruined my marriage for for life and man now i couldn't give this gift to my wife in 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 and i was I, i felt so failed so guilty so disgusted with myself that it shut me down. Actually, what it taught me to do is to compartmentalize all those feelings and hide them away, don't deal with it, pretend that that stuff didn't happen because if someone really knew, if they could really see that stuff, who would love me? And, and, and unfortunately, I wasn't taught, okay, if, if you do fail, if you do make that decision, what do you do? What about God's grace? What about his forgiveness? and especially what about his redemption? How do I reclaim virginity? and, and, and none of that I understood until till years later. And, and so part of it is, I think the challenge that I have in in the in the problem with the purity movement, it, it, not that may, making that sort of decision that that's a good thing. The problem is that it elevated, Virginity to this pedestal, like that's the greatest gift that we can ever give our spouse. Like right. that's the do all, be all, end all. That's what the goal is. You gotta show up on your wedding day in that white dress, you know, guys with that with that purity intact. And, and the problem is that that that's so one dimensional. Like 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 there are so many other things that I wish that I would have learned besides virginity and purity that would have helped me be better prepared for marriage. Because that, that that's the challenge. If, if that's all we're focused on and as parents were pushing so hard for that, ignoring other parts of who our child is and how important those are for relationships and in marriage, ultimately, we're, we're just, we're, we're not equipping our kids to, to be successful. If that's our, If that's our primary focus is just how do we keep them pure?
0: And I think even just saying that, like, oh, how do we keep them pure? I think, and we can get into this a little bit, but I think sometimes it stems from parents just not knowing what to say. You know, they don't know what to say, but then also, um, I think when you were talking about, oh, here's just what not to do. Well, then there's no instruction on how do we deal with these desires that, that can be good and godly desires, you know, in the context of a marriage relationship. But yet, how do we deal with these as as human beings? And I, I think even just talking about purity as a whole, it became, um, I know in my own heart and life, purity just became about something that I could lose. Like, oh, I'll lose my purity if I do this, or I'll lose my purity. Whereas, you know, looking at it in the Bible, you know, uh, maybe five or six times in the New Testament, you see the phrase pure heart, like this is what happens, a pure heart. And in Psalms and Proverbs, I know talks about having a pure heart. And I know there are places as well that talk about living a life uh, of pure conduct and that can be, it, it is something physical as well. But I think viewing purity as not something that you lose, but that is something as a Christian that you have because of Christ. You know, it's not something that you, you lose. It's something that you either that we gain when you know Christ, but then also that we strive for, not that it's just this, oh, I'm going to try not to lose my purity.
1: Right. A- absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. When, when my, so I have three daughters and one son. And so when, when, when my daughters hit 13 and my, my son and I did this a little bit differently, but when my daughters hit 13, I gave them a ring. It wasn't a purity ring. It was a, it was a, it's actually an Irish ring that that sort of depicts um, a heart, a crown with two hands kind of guarding around the heart. And, and why I loved that and why I wanted my daughters to to have that is because I, I, I told them this symbolizes the greatest commandment. So the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love others as you love yourself. And so what I would do is I would then unpack Um, God wants you to grow and be healthy in in your mind, in your body. So including purity, um, your spiritual relationship with him, but also your heart. Those are the four important parts of who you are. And I want you well equipped in all four of those areas. So what I was trying to teach them, it's not just about your body. That's one of the pieces in the greatest commandment. But, but also, how, how do we teach our kids to deal with emotions? How do we teach them how to have a deep spiritual relationship with the Lord? How do we teach them around their mind dealing with things like lust, you know, with pornography so easily accessible? How, how, do, we, how do we teach them how to grow and be healthy in those four areas? Because even the greatest commandments, there's only two commandments there, love God and love others. The assumption that that christ was making is that we're already loving ourselves in other words he's assuming that we're doing that job and loving self is not this narcissistic oh look at me i'm so wonderful what it means is that i'm learning how to be well cared for an adult is a person who's able to fully care for themselves mentally spiritually emotionally and physically that's that's the definition of an adult. And that's what I wanted my kids to understand. It's not just about, Hey, how do I help you be a virgin on your wedding day? No, I want them to know that there's, there's, there's the greatest commandment tells you you've got to grow and learn and be equipped in these four areas. And, 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 especially what I wanted them to know. And I told them this, and I tell them this all the time that you're going to fail in, in countless areas in life. I want you to fail. I want you to fail forward. In other words, I want you to understand that failure is is God's greatest teacher. And when we make mistakes and when we fail, that he's gonna grow us if we're open and we're pursuing growth. And like my, I have a total pet peeve when I watch movies or a TV show. So often you, you hear parents talking to their kids or talking about their kids going, well, you know what? I just want, I just want my child to be happy. Eh, I, I absolutely hate that because, and I tell my kids this, I'm like, I don't want you. I, I tell them this, I could care less about your happiness. What I care about is, is your growth And in, as you grow, that's going to produce joy. That's going to produce happiness. That's going to produce a closer relationship with God but my goal is not to see you happy. My goal is to see you operating as a as an adult, well cared for, in those four areas of your life. Knowing that when you make mistakes, that man turn to God, come to me, come to your mom. Let, let's 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 talk this through and let's just figure out how to fail forward. What what have you learned? See, to me, that's. That's the better preparation for marriage, not just, hey, virgin or not, check the box. It's, wow, I've learned that, that spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, those parts of who I am are so important. And that though, that's what's going to help me be a great husband, a great wife, a great friend, a great employee, a great boss someday and and so like you that's what I get so passionate about is how, how do we go from this myoptic purity 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 virginity, virginity 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 to man let's just let's grow spiritually emotionally mentally and physically
0: and not just as you said earlier making it you know one-dimensional just about phys- I, like purity being strictly physical and I know that in the article I read um, from you that it said that your parents never talked with you about sex and and healthy um, healthy perspectives on it, healthy mindsets, but also how do I respond to temptations and struggles and what do I do when I fail? And I know that's something that a lot of parents, like we said, they I feel like sometimes they just don't know what to say, so then it right. gets neglected. So I guess I, I would ask you, you know, how would you encourage parents to talk about purity with their kids, but in a way that is, the honoring, honoring to the Lord by being more than one dimensional purity as the state of your yeah. heart and your, as those things you mentioned, how, how can you encourage parents to do that and to do that well?
1: Yeah. And, and, and I always encourage parents. It's not what you say. That's really at the end of the day, the most important, it's actually how you say it, the, the process, what, what I'm constantly trying to do with my kids is I want to teach them that we're going to have difficult conversations. We're going to have awkward conversations. We're going to talk about sex and pornography and masturbation. And we're going to, we're going to talk about those things. And in each time, what I want my kids to experience is that one dad's willing to be real and we're going to talk about real honest things. And he's not going to lie. He's not going to make up. He's not going to ignore. He's not going to say, Oh, go, go talk to your mom. Like, like, like I want, like, like my, my youngest is 13 in yesterday she called me because it's her time of the month and she had an accident at school. And and I love that she was able to call me because I've spent time talking to my daughter about a period and what's going to happen. And sometimes you will, you know, have little mishaps and that's OK. And you can tell me about it. And I went and picked her up and I didn't embarrass her. I said, hey, this this happens. Every woman has a story, but I'm so glad you called me and let me help. Let me get you a change of clothes. Let me take you on. What do do you need? Because I want my kids to know that I'm safe, that you can talk to me about anything and that as we talk that, that I'm going to direct you to the scriptures. I'm going to direct you to your heavenly father. And I'm not going to give you answers per se. I'm going to say, well, what what do you think? What What do you think the Bible says? What do you think God would say about this? And so that's why don't, don't stress about, well, I don't know what to say figure out how do I help my kids really feel safe with me that they know that we're going to have these little micro conversations a thousand times over. And that every time I'm not going to judge you. And that if I don't know an answer, let's go online. Let's, let's go to a focus on the family. Let's go to, you know, a trusted source and let, let's together find an answer. Let's go to the scriptures. And, and that's m- the most important part of those conversations. I want my kids to know that it's, it's okay. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend and ignore the God given desires around sex, around lust, that all those are natural. Satan wants to pervert that. But, the, but he, here's, here's how we can deal with these things one by one. And, and again, I don't always have, I mean, here, I have a doctor. This is what I do for a living. I don't always have the right answer. It, but, but that's okay. Right. Because more than anything, it's just, I want my kids to know, you know, dad and mom, man, they're, they're safe. I, I can, right. I can come and, and be, and be real with them. And and that's okay. Well, and that I'm never going to quit loving them. I'm always going to accept you. My love for you is unconditional. So fail, fail in my home, fail forward. Let's figure out how, how are you growing is a result of, of this.
0: When I, don't, I don't have children of my own, but I would assume those conversations would have to start early in the sense of letting your kids be vulnerable with whatever it is at 6, at 7, at 8, at 9, at 10. So that when these conversations about sexual struggles and desires and issues come up at 13, 14, 15, that it's just normal for y'all to have good conversation where they feel loved and trusted and where like they can go to you and talk with you about their issues. Because I feel like if they're not... Um, if they're not hearing it from you or being able to use you as a sounding board, they'll use someone else and they'll hear it from right. someone else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would much rather my 13 year old talk to me versus the, the kids at her school. Right. And, and, and that's why when, when parents say, well, Hey, how do I prepare for the quote unquote talk? I always tell them that, that, okay, first of all, there's no talk singular. Like this
0: one time event.
1: There, there needs to be a, a thousand little tiny micro conversations about sex, about purity, about virginity, about masturbation, about whatever. And we need to have those conversations. And in and, and again, the goal being this is safe. You, you can talk to dad, even, even about things like, okay, I had a I had a problem today at school around, you know my period. What do I do? And, and Annie feels safe to go to Aaron or me. And that's, that's what I love. I love that. I got that phone call and that text going, dad, what do I do here? And I was like, I don't know. Let let me call your mom. She was in (laughs) session. She's a marriage therapist. And so I've got some great female colleagues here. I'm like, okay, I got to go help. What do I do? What do I not say? And, And that's the beauty of having good Christian community is that we can keep asking, But at the end of the day, I want my kids to know that that God's desire for you is not simply to be a virgin. He wants you to be whole, full, and healthy within your relationship with him, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So what does that look like? How do I help you prepare for that? And then as we make mistakes, we've got an amazing father who forgives us when we ask for it who gives us that grace, who's going to grow us and teach us. He cares about all these parts of who we are. So we don't have to be a secret. We don't have to compartmentalize and be full of shame and guilt when we make mistakes. That it's okay. God wants us to fail forward as well.
0: That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for your time and what you do um, to strengthen marriages and families. And um, I love that just your, your whole perspective on, you know, spending more time preparing for a healthy marriage rather than a good wedding day, you know, yeah. like what, and, and as you said, that God doesn't expect perfection, but as we strive to grow in Christ likeness, as we strive to grow in holiness, that we will fail. And I think hey. about that verse, the whole time you said that, I think about that verse that says, you know, that a, a just man falls seven times and, and rises up again. That it, it is about failing forward and repenting. And and trusting in God's grace and trusting that He restores restores all things. And so, thank you so much for your input, Dr. Smalley. Where can our listeners find more from you? Uh, resources, whether books or articles, videos. Where can they find more from you?
1: Yeah, come to focusonthefamily.com. So we have a, a million things for parents, for 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 married couples. So w- w- whatever your need is, whatever that challenge you're facing, we'd love to walk with you through, through that, those challenging times. So come to com. Well,
0: thank you so much, Dr. Smalley. And, uh, we hope to talk to you soon.
1: All right. Thanks.